What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Unbuckle Chinstrap. This is your host, Jules Henningberg. I'm very excited to welcome on the show today one of the game's greatest to ever do it. He's my teammate. He's my captain. But most importantly to me, he's a stand-up individual. And today we have on Kyle Harrison. Kyle has done more for the game than one can count. From his playing career alone, inspiring a generation of split dodgers and jump shooters, to his activism and maturation into a leader off the field, to leading the charge and development of the LXM Pro Tour and now the PLL. We touched on the development of his on-field play and the longevity of it, what we missed in his all-time GOAT, Mikey Powell, and the role that Kyle continues to play in the sport today and more. I'm excited for you guys to dive in today's episode of Unbuckle Chinstrap with K18. Kyle, what's good, bro? Hi, Jules. <laughs> Popping. I'm chilling. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Waiting on this snow. It's uh, it's supposed to snow all day tomorrow and all day the next day. And all day the next day, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much you're paying attention to your family back east uh, for anyone that's in virtual school, but I can't wrap my head around why when it snows, virtual school is canceled. <laughs> that's lit like, though for the kids not for you no no like but wait you guys are doing it on the computer like nobody's going anywhere like, <laughs> and the teachers are teaching at home so like anyway uh so yeah just mentally preparing for them to have nothing to do for the next few days well uh and i usually keep the kids occupied you had that little uh backyard game going on with where all the kindergartners get to come over and i don't yeah. know how that ended up at your crib by the way i don't know why what do you mean oh you, you haven't spent much time with my wife yet yeah so she like likes to host any so any and everything she volunteers our our house uh or whatever to to be the house that things happen so i got i got suckered into kindergarten lacrosse fridays so the kids basically go to school 9 a or go to virtual school 9 a.m to 11 a.m. and then they have a two-hour break and then 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So at 11, they'd all come over uh, to our yard. We'd do lacrosse from like 11 to like, depends on the day, 11.20, 11.40, depending on our mood. Then they'd eat lunch and then we put up the bounce house and that was uh, lacrosse Fridays, kindergarten lacrosse Fridays. You're one of these guys. I'm just like, I don't even know how you figure out how to balance all this. I'm just like, you're doing so much stuff at one time, um, you know, balancing yeah. your family, balancing, playing all the shit you're doing off the field. Um, you actually sent me one of those uh, clips of film with uh, Mikey Powell, which was crazy. I, I, first of all, I've never really watched, been able to watch Mikey because those clips are just not around. But tell us about the clip of you guarding Mikey from behind the cage, 1v1. Ah, ah right. So, <clears throat> good one. So, Mikey is a, uh, he, he's my uh, goat, by the way. I've, I've never seen anyone on a lacrosse field do what he does. I didn't get to see Gary in his prime. Um, I mean, when I saw Gary, I saw old man Gary, and he was still the best in the world. So, like, I can't even imagine what, what like, prime Gary looked like. Yeah. I didn't see him Brown, obviously, either. But Mike Powell is the lacrosse player that did things that I have never seen anyone else do. Uh, and he did him like routine. It wasn't like a guy, like a little bit like when you see Tom Schreiber throw that like lefty skip pass through yeah. ten stick on the backside. Like we haven't seen somebody do that before. Um, and that's what everything Mikey did was for me. So that that clip of Mikey, he, um, I, I in high school I didn't really watch film. It was a, lacrosse was a sport I played the least. So like I wasn't like a film buff. I went to Hopkins games, um, but I didn't know a ton. But that whole week, like I was 
we were watching, you know, film. I'm like, Jesus, what, who is this cat? Just like watching him just dice people up. Just didn't really know who he was? No. I, I mean, oh I was at the name. I knew the name, but I didn't know like this is what he does. Yeah. I watched previous year, you know, run at Damien, uh, him and Damien's battle in the in the national championship game. So that's when like I, I knew that like, okay, but they were on grass. Uh, so like he wasn't doing all his craziness. He's just like shake you and go and all his stick stuff. But the film we're watching, we're watching this cat on that old AstroTurf. And it was like a non-starter. No, you could not cover him on that stuff. And so I'm just like obsessed with it and watching it. And Coach Petra was like, hey, uh, like ended the practice on Friday. Like if you, you get matched up, man, we, we ain't coming. Guard him. We'll see you. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, like, ugh. I'm, you know, obviously concerned. I was actually back then, like, crazy confident in my defense on turf because, like, I'm going to try and take a, a jab. Like, you're going to shake, and I think I'm quick enough to get you, like, at least get a piece of you. And if I'm not quick enough to get a piece of you, this turf, I'm quick enough to catch back up to you. So, like, yeah. I, I felt like I would always be in the fight, and I just uh, – that clip, he just – he went right to right, which I knew he did all the time. Uh, and I, I, I guessed right. And I just jammed him once, uh, and they changed direction and I, I was able to get him again. And then he came up the hash. I got him one more time and he moved it. Uh, but the best, the best part about it is I, I make sure, especially when I sent it to you, like I cut this part off. <laughs> of course you did. He, he throws fucking... a box fake. He throws up like he gets to the Island and I'm still on him. He throws this box fake and I'm just like, huh. And if he would have like stepped back and shot it, he would have scored. But thank God, then he then he turned it over. But it was uh that 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 guy, man, and that play for me was such a big moment in in uh, my life. I think we lost the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember how hyped me and my family were like after the game, and I personally was like, because that that that's the guy that that um especially back then that like every, everybody was chasing, um, and I had the opportunity to guard him. What do you think? like him as a player, like why are we not been able to see, you know, another type of Mikey Powell um, since then, like stylistically, I think people can impact the game on a similar level, like be great, but like stylistically, like he's like an AI type. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, obviously his brothers, uh, you know, two or two of the other best of all time, they had a massive impact on him. I, I think what, you know, you watch Casey play, Casey was crazy athletic and, you know, especially young Casey was like, unguardable, creative, incredible stick skills. Ryan was just so strong and creative. Um, and, you know, both of those guys went on to have incredible careers, both indoor and outdoor professionally, um, you know, all-time careers. But Mikey, I, it was just everything about him. And it was how he carried himself. Um, it was his stick skills. I mean, he was doing stuff that, like, you probably joke about with your friends. But, you know, like, on the um, – on like the 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 throat of the stick or like the sidewall he'd like cover it in tape so you couldn't see it because he always throw on box fakes so mm-hmm. he'd cover that whole all the holes so you couldn't see if the ball was in there which like you could argue is illegal but it wasn't back then yeah. just, like, every everything about him was just just stylistically like incredible and he was so skilled like the play that sticks out in my head uh about his skill level uh is he was um we were up in the dome which is an awesome place to play uh it's my second favorite uh, to Homewood and he um, you know we, our first team All-American defenders playing him and he goes right to right down the sideline and we actually did a decent job but we go over his head uh, but we went over his head to a point where he like turns his back almost to the end line and so like 
we went over his head, which was the wrong play, but we like kind of have him in a spot that he can't do anything. And he's so skilled that he like does like a backhanded flip across the crease for a layup. And it's just like stuff like that, that you're like, yo, pe- people aren't doing that consistently. You know what, you know what I compare it to honestly, man, is like, do you like junior as he's gotten, I mean, young junior was best all time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. again, I think when you, when you look at those guys with these stick skills that put it all together, um, he was just, he was, he was unbelievable, but it's a little bit like the stuff junior does with his stick um, that like Mike, Mike did the same thing. And he was just by far the best athlete on the field. And like the smallest guy that also made it like crazy to watch. I was like, what the, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, like when you watch his highlights, this is the last thing I'll say about it. I know I could talk about this new forever. When you watch his highlights. And I think I said this to you, Jules, people got to wrap their head around the fact those are like first team all American defenseman of the years. He's going, those aren't random dudes. Like the dudes that you see fucking flying out of the screen and like tripping over the net, like they can't guard him. Those are the best in the country. And, and he was, he was just that good, man. He was that good. It's crazy, dude. Well, I think we talked about this, him just, you know, we were robbed of it. Like at the end of the day. And I know we could talk about some of the greatest ever play, but like you really can't, put that on him or not put that on him because he didn't have the opportunity to, to see it play out. Yep. Um, which is unfortunate. Cause I know like a guy like myself, like I didn't even have the opportunity to watch him in college. Cause I wasn't watching tape back then. I didn't even know like college across was the thing. Yep. Um, well, switching gears a little bit today, yeah. who, who's your best player? In 2021 world. in the world. Hmm. Best player in the world. There's a, there, it's, you know, man, it's, it's tough, right? Like I, I think there's a ton of, dudes in that conversation um and it's all it's all the guys that that we see uh all of us vote for right like i think they're just guys that dominate games at each position and i'm i'm amazed at, at the evolution of younger players games these days like you you look at you know I'll, I'll get the tom in a second but like you look at like a rambo and you think about what in our our mind rambo was in college um, in terms of his shooting ability and his dodging ability um, and how great he was at that in Maryland. And then you transition to pro and he's become like this incredible facilitator and passer and moves off ball. And like, you can probably credit that to indoor um, and, and how, how many more skills he picked up in there. But, but obviously he's in discussion, you know, Schreiber for me, I, I already alluded to it earlier that like, he does things that I haven't seen. So I've been around lacrosse a long time and a lot of the passes Tom throws um, and like his vision on the field is, is something we, we haven't seen before. Obviously we've seen the Ryan Boyles who again, all time uh, carrier from X and, and the passes he threw uh, and his vision, Connor Gills, another one that comes to mind, but like Tom's ability uh, off the dodge from up top and the passes he makes consistently with either hand any release point, like I think, I think it's crazy. Uh, I think Cav um, is getting better and better and better every year, which is crazy to say because he's been one of the world's best for a while now. Um, so, so he's certainly in there. You look at a guy like Big Mike and what he does in the middle of the field. Um, you know, I, I could, I could list like ten more guys. I'm, I, um, I've gotten to a point, and granted, it might be because I'm old, um, where I don't like waste time in that discussion of like the best. I just enjoy all the damn talent that this game has right now. Like there, this is, this is some high level lacrosse going on, and a number of different positions, and uh, and a number of different teams, and. Uh, just, just happy to watch it. Like, I mean, I could go person to person. You think about, you know, what, what Hoss does um, for the whips and his ability, uh, dodging, facilitating. I, what, I've, what I've always been impressed with about him 
is he makes like the right lacrosse play. He'll go hard, uh, mm-hmm. draw a slide, and like where some guys would maybe like want to throw a skip off their back foot because that's a look. He'll bang it one more and it gets over there and, and they get something on the backside. So I, I love a lot of these players out here, man. There's um, there is a ton of talent uh, in, in this league. That's for sure. Yeah, I think like sometimes I go back and forth about, um, you know, not me personally, but with other people. Yep. I look at a guy like a Tom Brady who's just been able to like show up year in, year out and kind of just, he just continues to win and he makes the right plays. And then you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who yep. might arguably has a better talent level, quote unquote, in some people's yep. eyes. But yep. like, I think of a guy like Tom, like, is it a guy like Tom because he does things that you're just like, what the fuck? Does that make you a better player? Or do you look at a guy like a hoss who is just, you know, shows up and consistently does the right play? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How, how do you kind of argue that, judge that, and and kind of, you know, frame that? I, I, I personally look at a guy like Tom uh, Brady, and I'm like, well, he just beat Tom, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his own, you know, conference now, has more championships in that conference than him, and then won the Super Bowl over him. So I'm just like... I got Mike Terry in my ear, like Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. I'm just like, bro, like, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> like, it's yeah, no, crazy. I get it. That's why I can't waste time. Like, I mean, <laughs> first take got you watch first take or any of those shows? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I watch them and I watch the arguments back and forth. But at the same time, man, like, I think to your point, like, there's just so many. Like, are you talking longevity and like what you're able to accomplish and who you went through to get there? Or are you talking about like just pure? raw skill that like that's the best i've ever seen so like you're, you're never going to be aligned with someone uh but you know i, I am it, it all and i guess when when you frame these conversations you could just frame it through the context of like no i don't want who the best players i want to know who who is the most skilled guy or who has like you have to just like be yeah. really specific about what you're talking about you know yeah well throughout all that you know you've seen a lot of players come and go how have you been able to maintain longevity in your career with all these cats just you know, they yeah. keep coming through yeah 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 they keep coming that's for sure it is um you know i am i am fortunate man in that like i i early in my pro career i, w- I was around some incredible um like veteran guys i i was around um you know my my first year out of college we had team usa tryouts right after we were fortunate enough to win the national championship we went to cancun came back team USA tryouts and then MLL stuff. And so like fortunate enough to make that team. And I was around Pat McCabe, Roy Colsey, JJ Albert, AJ Hogan, uh, Nikki Polanco, just all these guys that, that had been through it and like playing pro and like, you know, un- understanding and absorbing everything that they had going on um, really just allowed me to, 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 really think through my career and what I wanted from it. You know, I I think you have to be willing to change your game. You have to be realistic with yourself. Um, And I think that's probably hard for a lot of athletes. It's hard for me like years Mm -hmm. ago, not anymore. Right. Like, but you have to be realistic um, with yourself and your skill set and like what, what you bring to the table. And, you know, each year, or it might, may not even be each year. That's probably too specific, but like every three years that probably changes. Right. And I think um, you have to be brutally honest with yourself about, roles like what what are, what are you supposed to do mm-hmm. uh, what does this team need you to do to be successful um and then you evaluate do i want to do that and can i do that at a high level and if i can't then it's time to step step away right so I've, you know i've looked at it every few years and looked at how my role has evolved and you you just have to be willing to do it i think you know ryan boyle gave a speech in uh 2012 that like i honestly probably think about it like once a week 
just in some capacity, like for some reason, it comes through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I, I've probably given a similar one since hearing it just because it was so poignant. And it was, we were playing Canada, it was USA against Canada. Um, and it was, it, it, I can't, what is it? I think it's called the duel in Denver back in 2012. And we were just, we were playing like shit. And um, everybody was tight. Everybody, it, it just like, it, it was not a, a good flowing game. And um, I'm in the locker room uh, at halftime and everybody just like kind of looks dejected. People sitting in lockers, like no real chatter. And so Ryan Boyle's like, all right, like eyes up. And, he, and he's talking and, and he was like, look, we have been elected to represent our country in this match. So we are the 20, I can't remember how many it was. Like we are the 23 best that these coaches chose to put in this situation. And even with us being the 23 best, we all have to fall into roles. So like, we all can't be the superstar ball carrier. We all can't be the off ball guy. Like everybody, whatever your role is supposed to be on this team, we don't have enough time to fucking go around the room and figure it out right now. But whatever your role is supposed to be on this team, do that. Nothing more, nothing less. Just do that shit. Uh, and it, it was it was obviously not the most profound thing of all time in terms of like, you know, something that's never been thought of, but it's so true uh, with every team, I'm sure, but with, with that team specifically. And I think it, that's just like a microcosm of, of how veterans have to like evaluate their their space on a team. Like, what is your role? And, and if you can do it, knock it out. If you can't, like, then, then it might be time. So, you know, I know that was a long winded answer, but like, how have I been able to hang around? It's just like self-evaluation and, and being real with yourself. Like I still feel confident when I catch a ball and there's a short stick running out of me that I can, I can make something happen for my team. I still feel confident uh, that I can be a leader in a locker room uh, and be calm and even killed and, and help our team uh, win ball games. And so like when I don't feel confident in that anymore, like I, I won't hang around like that. That's, that's whack. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Right. Like uh, the second, the second somebody dodges, draws a slide, bangs it, bangs it. And I catch a ball and I mentally, like no matter what happens in the play, but mentally, I don't think like I can shake this cat and go, but it's, it's time to step away. But I, I still have that feeling that if I catch a ball on the backside and there's a short stick running out of me, I, I can, I can make a play. Yeah. It, it's uh I think that kind of what you're saying about evaluating, right. And then the opportunity you have to look yourself in the mirror, that's, that's where people struggle um, and kind of you either falter and you kind of fall off the cliff a little bit because you're not able to adjust that role um, mm-hmm. or you make this, make the switch like you have. And I know for me personally, like I didn't watch you play at Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch you play at MLL. I didn't even know, you know, really what MLL was, but then I remember you were on the Jersey uh, NJ pride. Um, but really where I was first able to see you play was LXM pro tour, um, which I don't know if a lot of people really know exactly what that is, but can you talk a little bit about kind of getting into LXM? What, what stage of that was that in your career age wise and kind of, you know, what was that evolution into, um, it was really, you know, as a new professional league and a new, just, uh, you know, process in the sport to, to become a professional. Yeah, no, uh, I remember meeting you in Philly. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Me, me and me and pops were talking about that the other day um but no like so my only i have i have a few regrets in my lacrosse career the two specifically would come to mind but one is that like the real prime of my career like my athleticism and like when you're like a grown man but like still as fast as you were when you were a young man was like mostly lxm uh, and that's like my, my, one of my regrets for my career that that like merger didn't happen sooner where we all mm-hmm. got to come back. Um, because like when I came back to the MLL in 2014, that was my best professional year. 
like across the board. Like I'm not a stats guy by any means. I never have been, never will be, but statistically and just how it was moving, what I was able to do in the, like that was by far my best mm-hmm. year. Um, and, and it was because physically, like, you know, I think I was 31, like in very good shape. It was a, it was a team USA year. Um, and I don't think I had any babies at the time, so I wasn't stressed out either. Um, and it was, and, but I mean that, so that's a regret of mine, but anyway, back to LXM, what it was. So, you know, it was born out of the fact that a ton of us moved West to LA and um, I was when the riptide at the time and there was a team in San Francisco. So there's a bunch of cats living in San Francisco and LA um, and then those teams folded. And so when they folded, uh, we all got like kind of allocated to the closest market. And so a lot of us went to Denver. So now we're in Denver and I, I got, I think I actually tore my hamstring that year, um, which was a bummer, but uh, so I didn't really play all that much that season. So after mm. this, you know, uh, Scott Hockstad, Xander Ritz, Max Ritz, Craig Hockstad, we were all just talking and uh, there were so many guys out there that we were like, you know, at, oh, also you need to keep in mind at this point, the equipment pool wasn't open in the MLL. It's like you were wearing Warrior if mm-hmm. you played MLL. So me as an STX and Nike guy, um, I, was, I wasn't even able to wear my own equipment in, in that league at the time. And so, you know, we had all these guys that were like a, a Maverick guy, uh, you know, all, all the different brands that weren't uh, New Balance over in the MLL at that time. Um, and we were just like, well, maybe we start something. Like, <laughs> just start something where we don't have to everybody go back to, you know, back east every weekend to play a game. And maybe we start something out here. And it started out as lacrosse and music. Uh, had some concerts. Wale did a concert a couple years in a row. And and it, honestly, it was a lot of fun, man. And it was it was great because it gave us the opportunity uh, to you know represent your sponsors at the time, like because mm-hmm. you couldn't have the other league, which it lets you go and and hopefully drive you know the discussion with your sponsors to pay you more. But then secondly, like our sponsors, like heavily invested in it. Like it was great for STX to get behind uh, LXM and, and, and really push it. And, and whether that was dollars or, you know, spent or on social or with equipment, like they really got behind it. And, and a, b- a bunch of manufacturers did that, man. So it was great. Um, and then, you know, it just made sense that it kind of run its course. And, and when we came back, like came back to the MLL, equipment pools open I'm like back in the MLL now wearing my own K18 equipment line playing in the MLL which was like honestly the goal all along to like be, be where everybody else is uh, yeah. but be able to represent your sponsors right so again man lo- loved that time of, of my career and my life you know it was uh it's fun fun time what, what was that 25 when you started to build that oh uh, yeah I was well let's see I can just do quick math yeah 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 like 25 26 so you're just 25, 26, you're like, let's build a new pro league. Yeah, well, no. So look, I think at the beginning it was supposed to be additive, right? Like I, I think, you know, Scott and Xander had the idea originally. And then, you know, Max being Xander's brother, they started talking about it. And then me being friends with all them and us working on a bunch of other stuff, they brought me in. So we're talking about it. And like, it was it was supposed to be in the off season from the MLL. Ah, as another okay. way for guys to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, I can't remember the exact friction that happened, but they were just like, no go guys can't like you i think our if i remember correctly our mlo contracts were all year mm-hmm. and so you couldn't theoretically you couldn't be playing in any outdoor quote-unquote professional lacrosse at yeah. any other point and so then it turned into like well well here we go <laughs> like i guess this is a you know and and uh, a competitor which is not how it started that that's not that was not the idea <laughs> yeah I, I was just thinking um i mean i'm 24 right now turning 25 soon um in may so it's i mean it's kind of crazy i think 
you're definitely ahead of your time in terms of a player being able to become full-time, really adjust on the business side of things, do things like build LXM, um, make it full-time with the salaries back then, which yeah. were way different um, than they are now. What was that process like for you becoming a real full-time you know, player? And how were you able to facilitate that you know, 10, 12 you know, years before you have guys coming out of college now who are still looking to you know, make that, that jump? Yeah. 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 No, appreciate that. It is. Um, I'm lucky, man. Right. Like when I, when I got out, I had like a, uh, um, an, an already developed relationship with STX. I'm a Baltimore kid. Uh, Hopkins had wore STX. And so like, there was already a lot of natural synergy there. And like to keep it a band, like that's actually not where I almost landed. I almost landed at another manufacturer. Um, and it was all it was all based around like some some cool opportunities. Um, and the, the blessing for me was that the gentleman that I was speaking with at the other manufacturer took a leave of absence after I had already been like, yeah, I guess this is where I want to be. So I'm about to head to this other group. And uh, and this guy takes a leave of absence. And so we were able to get out of it because I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. The guy that I was coming here to work with is no longer here. I haven't met anyone else. Like, I'm not I'm even out. sure you guys all know what, what we even talked about. So like, yeah. I'm good. And then we reopened the discussions and, and I landed where I should. So, you know, I think what I would say, man, is I am so thankful and fortunate that I landed with STX. Um, because they have supported everything I've done from the beginning. And they've given me the opportunity to be like a full-time player. Like the, the leadership there has said from go, they're like, we want you to build a brand. We want to come with you, right? Like we want, we want to be a part of this brand that gets built. And we're going to help you build it with resources. Um, at, but like, we, we want you to go out there and chase this thing. And so like, whether that was my move to LA uh, that they supported, um, whether it was LXM and investing there, um, you know, just just every every step along the way, they've supported me and allowed me to be a full-time lacrosse player because of the resources and the deal we put together uh, that like, I got to learn on the fly and understand like how to get in negotiations with some of these, you know, different companies that, that I speak with. And rather than taking cash, like, let's see if we can have an equity play so that when I am done playing, I'm a part owner of multiple businesses where well, let's, let's think about investing in different companies. And so, you know, I've read a ton, I've had a ton of incredible mentors, but honestly at the, at the core of it, like if I had to like pinpoint one thing that allowed me to do it, it, it was STX and the relationship we've built. Like they just, it just put me in a position to, uh, to be successful. And with all that being said, obviously not everyone's graduating Hopkins tour ton winner, Baltimore kid being put in that position. Yep. It's a different landscape now, 15 years, you know, kind of post that. What's your advice for the guys now graduating, coming into PLL? We have adjusted salaries, but, you know, yep. still not ideal for some guys that want to be making, you know, upwards of, of heavy six figures over that. What's your advice yep. for the young guys that are trying to, you know, create that full-time salary um, yeah. that are coming out now? Yeah, look, so I, uh, you know, I think, I think what the PLL, um, has done from the beginning with, you know, benefits is important, right? Like that, that's a big step. I think, you know, taking a step back to STX and, and for me, my relationship with them from the go, they, they took care of a lot of those things that allow you to like go chase stuff, whether that's benefits, insurance, all that, all that good stuff. So, you know, that, that is a step in the right direction uh, for, for all players. But I think it really comes down to man, having like a, a clear plan. I think for me, um, a big part of my quote unquote brand from the beginning was I, I, this was not my plan. Like I was a writing major at Hopkins. I was thinking about like, I watched I, that same, um, that same 
external hard drive I mentioned earlier, like I was watching that and watching an interview for my senior year. And I was like, I was talking about uh, working for ESPN and like writing for ESPN, and, like working on a book, like all things I remember being like, this is going to be my, I'm going to try and do the sports journalism thing. Like that was my plan. Um, and then when I got out, this is, this is going to take you out. When I got out, I was like, let me see what this Facebook thing's talking about. Because everybody else has Facebook. So like I get a Facebook account and then all of a sudden I'm just getting blown up like messages from parents and kids and whatever. And so I literally like a couple hours a day would just sit and I respond to literally everybody. Um, and, and so when that happened and then I signed with STX and then I signed with Nike, like all these things are starting to make me feel like, well, maybe, I, maybe I do need to like put a plan together of like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, so obviously you, you're going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and it's all not going to work. Like, you know, I've had multiple companies that we've started and then we've closed just because it didn't make a ton of sense. And eventually, you know, you're young guys, you'll, you'll settle into like what your niche is, whether that's coaching. Um, and, and there's, there's different levels of coaching, right? There's, there's the camp and clinic and, you know, uh, I'd say like, space where you're where you're just trying to get to different areas in the country and grow the game and get more people playing and then there's the the more specific like you are trying to work with the elite level player and teach them dodging and shooting and defensive schemes and how to watch film and like there's a, a number of different levels all 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 great and meaningful and important uh for the growth of the game and then you know, if you're interested in just starting at the bottom, you like, you start your own business. Like for me with, with 18 now, you know, it was, it was a part of like, I do events all the time and I've been with different event companies and it was just time to like pull it all in house. You know, I've been doing it for a long time now. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just time to pull it in house. But the advice I'd give to, to young guys is like, just have a plan, like have a plan and, and, and go for it. But I think this is an incredible time to be a part of professional lacrosse. And, you know, I think the, the, like I said, the benefits thing from the PLL is, is a big deal. Like that, that's um uh, it's a hurdle. And, and back in the day, like years ago, that's, that's typically why guys would not pursue pro lacrosse. Like they'd go get a job to yeah. make sure that was, those things were covered. And then mm -hmm. they come back to pro lacrosse on the weekend. So it's an exciting time, man. You just got to grind at it too. To grind. I mean, you look, look, I mean, if you go, I'm sure you've done this, but like talk to all the older guys, like Greg, like look at what Greg and Faisal Academy's done. Like they've done an incredible job of like, putting a business together, like seeing a, a hole in the market and like, all right, here's what we need to do. And, and they've done a nice job. So I think, you know, a, a lot of guys have figured out the way to do it. Um, and there's going to be more creative guys that, that think there are even newer ways to do it. So just have a plan. Yeah. And all that, with all that being said, that's something that you can do when, you know, you're flying, getting up and flying across the country to LA and mm -hmm. starting new businesses, doing all this stuff without a family. Mm -hmm. But now, right. You're a guy that's, that's coming in. You have two kids, yeah. How, what's the impact been with your family on your career business wise and playing wise and what's that adjustment been like for you? Um, you know, I, I, that's a good question. And it's like multi-layered. I think, um, you know, it's tough to manage everything. Like that's, that's yeah. just a reality. Like, Trust me. I, know, I see what you're doing. It's crazy. It's a lot. Uh, and, and, but it's, it's what I want, right, Jules. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, for me, it is, um, I've been asked this question a lot recently, just obviously because I'm towards the end of my playing career. I get it. Um, but like people have been like, yo, how are you going to deal with that mentally? And I think I've put a lot of thought into it. Uh, and like, I'm at a point in my life that like, at least for me personally, which I think is probably the most important thing here, my identity, how I view myself isn't tied to how I am as a, like my playing career. Like mm -hmm. I don't view myself as a lacrosse player 
only, right? Like I'm a husband, I'm a son, uh, I'm certainly a father to, to these two little beautiful babies. I, I'm a business, like I, I just, I, I don't just identify myself like as the player. And so like, I don't get caught up um, in that. And so like mentally, I'm okay with it being towards the, the end of my career as a player, because realistically, like that's just not all I am at this point. And so, you know, to answer answer the question, like it's tough to manage it all, man, but it, like, it's literally exactly what I wanted. Um, you know, I've created a life that like, I get to be around. I mean, I have to work a lot and, and you know, you have to figure out the hours in the day in terms of training, uh, shooting, working, calls, spending time with family, but like, it's still my schedule, you know, like I, I still kind of get to do it um, in, in a way that allows me to be around my, my children and my family. So it's a lot, man, but, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I'm definitely impressed with it. I, I know we, we chat a good amount and I see your shit on social media. It's I in my head, sometimes like I know that things kind of just work themselves out and you kind of move into these schedules. But I'm like, if I just got dropped into your schedule right now, I'm just like, I would be fucking I'd be drowning right well, away instantly. Like, and then the sleep time on top of it is just wild. Um, <laughs> I know we, we've talked about this too, like before um, your son Smith, like what's, what's that been like for you as far as um, you know, you haven't having a son, I know you, you had a daughter, but you know, in terms of the activism space and, and being yeah. able to see, I think yourself and your son and kind of yeah. what that's been like, what, what was, you know, um, the development of you to, to be like, to feel like you could take a bigger role in yeah. being someone that's advocating for, you know, you know, in, in the future, you, your son might be playing the game of lacrosse and, and yeah. you want it to be a better space for him. Yeah. 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 No, I think, uh, you know, we, we have, we have two mixed race little kids and I think, uh, it's, it's my role within the sport, uh, in terms of this discussion, like I'm so, I'm so thankful for, for the young cats yourself, uh, you know, lead, leading the charge there and, and Ramar and Trev and, and all, all the guys that, that are really leaning in here, I, you know, IDA, the, the list goes on. Um, and so, you know, for me personally, like I'm trying to control the things I control, I can control and be a part of the conversations that like we can, we can help. Right. Like I think, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like th this is like a macro, like if you look at like everything that's gone wrong, it can be like, we can't change this shit. Like th th we, there's nothing we can do. But if you break it down and you like look holistically at like the things we can have an impact on and then like focus on them and, and maybe it doesn't live on social media. It typically usually doesn't live on social media. It's the work that's being done behind the scenes, the conversations that are happening behind the scenes, the collaborations, the partnerships. Um, and and the, the the real discussions around how to how to fix things and and there are so many people. What I'll say, Jules, there are so many good people in this game trying to drive like real change and inclusivity um, and and just create the best environment possible. Like I was so fired up. It was it was a, a hair after my bedtime, which was the only negative portion of it. But last Friday, I jumped on a Zoom with Oakland Lacrosse and. Um, you know, it was about 70 people and, and kids of all ages, uh, both, both girls and boys. And it was just like an open Q&A discussion and just hearing all the stuff that they're doing out there and the support they have and the commitment they have to creating this environment and really sharing this game uh, with, with folks that might maybe not have the opportunity to be a part of it. Like, it's just inspiring, man. So, you know, I, I think for me, 
I've I've like it took me 20 years to really like figure out my position in the sport and like what am I supposed to do um when am I supposed to speak up I think social media complicates things as we've talked about like you know the expectation there of like posting on social about something that happens um you know I just I just think you have to stay committed to the work that's it stay committed to the work things you can control and things you can like actually tangibly feel like you can impact man and, and just go for it as far as, you know, when you graduated from school, obviously the, the, you know, circumstances were different with the number of black players in the field. I'm not exactly familiar with, you know, the number of guys you had, but what was yeah. it like back then um, compared to now and in the number of guys we have playing at the professional level? Yeah, no, man, it's crazy. Like when I came out, it, it was, um, you know, Nate Watkins. It was, it was Bobby Horsey. Um, Brian Silcott was still playing. I want to say BD, Billy Day had just retired. I might've missed him. Um, Damian Davis was still playing, but there, there weren't, there weren't many, um, obviously Chaz, you know, John Christmas and I all came out the same year. Uh, so that was great. We like formed a little relationship, but like what I think is so cool about, you know, what nation United is doing, you know, what you're doing with the black lacrosse Alliance. Um, and what we're really all trying to do candidly is like just unite that group of players, because while there are more now clearly, which is great there's still like one or two per team. <laughs> like it's, we're not talking like 10, 12, 14 per team. So there still probably is um, a feeling of, of at times feeling alone. And, and that's not any, any knock against your other teammates, right? That's just a reality of, of being the only pair of brown legs on your team or, or one of two, whatever it is. So like me and Chaz used to joke all the time and John that like, I wish we all would have like spent time together before we got to college and like had some sort of relationship um, because the only time I talked to those cats was when we played against each other and, you know, they both played attack. I played midfield. So there wasn't really much interaction. There was a dap after the game and that was it. And we didn't like create any sort of relationship until after college. Um, and so I would have loved to have, have those two guys to lean on throughout college. And I'm, I'm so fortunate in that, uh, my best friends in second grade, um, Benson Irwin is black and went, went to friends with me and then went to Hopkins. So like I had, I had a guy, but mm -hmm. also have any experience at Hopkins we had a, we had a pretty clean and, and great experience there in terms of the environment and being right in the middle of Baltimore City so it's great to see the growth um, and how many guys there are playing pro right now I just I love what I'm seeing like I said from from you at the Black Cross Alliance and, and Nation United in terms of like uniting the next generation of, of boys and girls that are going to get uh, to college and then eventually to pro that they have like an already pre-established relationship and are already collaborating, already figuring out ways to support each other. Um, because that, that, that's meaningful, man. That's meaningful. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think um, definitely watching you kind of over the years, I think in terms of what you've been able to do and what you guys have been trying to do, I think it was a natural progression. Um, I know looking back on, a, you know, the first time, um, I met you at that LXM Pro Tour. Obviously, I was a young kid there. Um, I think it's important, though, to, to note, like, touch points, right, in your career of being able to meet professional players. I think it perhaps sometimes goes unnoticed or you forget a little bit about how important that can be. But um, I think that's a big reason why, you know, BLA is, is really critical um, and being able to kind of source that and put it together and put that out there for kids to see see it, but also have them have an opportunity that, you know, not every kid gets to go to LXM in Philly. Like, I was lucky my dad you know, was involved in that. Um, but then kind of moving from there, even getting to, um, I remember the first time we had any type of communication, you tweeted about me at the Hopkins game um, when you, you oh. saw me play versus, uh, versus Rutgers. Oh my um, God. We almost got you guys. Oh. And, uh, then um, fucking training camp. 
and I, uh, you know, I was putting a couple goals in on you guys and the whip snakes. And then you're coming up to me with Joe and you're like, you know, we might get, get, get you. And I'm like, can you fuck off? Like I'm about to go get this <laughs> ring. Uh, I was like, I knew it in the back of my head. I was like, this is the best team I ever played on. And, and these guys, they're, they're the real deal with the whip snakes. Yep. And then lo and behold, I end up on the, on the redwoods. And yep. I was like, this motherfucker. You're already plotting. <laughs> and then, uh, but then I think from there, it was like, you know, I was able to, to start to build a relationship with you and kind of learn more about, you know, what the space is all about, you know, the things and intricacies that you have to balance and manage, um, being someone that's in the face and in the sport. Like, I think it's something that kind of goes, um, not spoken about as much, like how much you really have to, you know, hold on your shoulders because the decisions you make, the, the things that you say, like there's so many things at stake at one time, um, that it's, you know, it's a balancing act. And, and that's what I've kind of learned from you. Um, and I feel like that relationship has really helped me be able to be like, look, like, if you're going to retire, you know, pretty soon here, well, what's going to happen? You know, if, if people don't start to step up and you and Chaz yeah. and Jovan and guys like that are gone, like, and we're just out here just running around doing whatever, like what, what's happening here. And that's kind of how, what my thought about it was when you, you know, kind of called us together on that, um, that email, um, this past summer, I was like, look, like, I know I've been doing this for a long time. Um, but I'm not, you know, I don't have all the answers. I know I've been, I've been in this space for a while and I do have a lot of resources, a lot of knowledge, but like you guys got to figure this shit out too. Like we need to, to come together here. Um, which I thought we you know was great. And that's where, you know, kind of the inspiration for me came from to think like, okay, I feel like I'm competent enough to try yeah. to take more of a lead on this. I feel like, you know, the space I've come from within my family and then also on the field, I'm like, well, you know, I think playing at a high level is important to the conversation because if you're able to play at a high level, it gives you more room. Um, sure. to be able to talk and have leverage in conversations and, and have respect from people. Um, sure. At the end of the day, you know, you look at someone like LeBron, like the reason why he is, you know, someone that's able to move the needle like he is, is because he's, you know, the greatest to ever play. Um, yep. And I think, you know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of that transition in BLA and, and, and what you yep. believe, um, you know, kind of the future looks like for, for the sport in that realm. Yeah, no, I appreciate all you said. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm just happy to to be connected to you in this this new generation that that's really taking lead and taking charge. I think um, I think you know, it's gonna change, man. I think you you every three months, every six months, whatever it is, like the mission will change in terms of where energy goes. Like I really like where your mind is right now in terms of developing the next generation of potential pros. Like, I think that that's meaningful, right? I think Nation United has been doing an incredible job. I'm not, I don't want to butcher how long they've been doing. I want to say probably like five years five now. Years, yeah. Like ish of like getting these, these kids from high school uh, into college, into like meaningful uh, high level colleges and playing this game. Um, and then like the next step is like, how do we keep the transition going from college to pro? And you identified that early. And, and you're putting energy and resources into that, right? And I think that's that's dope. That's like, a, to our point earlier, like we identified something that we think is a problem and you're gonna try and fix it. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think I think when when you ask what I expect future, I think a lot of the same. Like you'll every, every few months, every few weeks, whatever it is, whatever cadence you decide, like we'll find some new uh, area to focus our energy and then and then we'll we'll go after it. And I think, it's about having things on this checklist that like we can accomplish, <laughs> like, right. Mm -hmm. Like you identified the problem. All right. So now let's fix that. And then we'll look at the data in the next three years and see, all right, well, did that curve go up? Do we have a lot more now or, or did it stay here? And if it stayed here, then maybe we didn't do as well as we, we thought we were going to do. Right. So like, 
I think uh, it, it'll it'll ebb. There ebbs and flows to it, but I think uh, just just happy happy that you guys are leading the way. Yeah, and to your point, like even obviously today we had a recording with uh, the stuff that came out about Marquette. I think yep. there's kind of two separate things that occur. It's like one is okay, let's check off the things that we can fix um, and address the problems that we know we have control over. And then there's like the response on a more national level to the incidents that happen. Um, and I think those two things kind of get conflated sometimes because one is, you know, doing work and consistently checking off the box, which that's something, you know, you talk about your professional career and, and business wise that you've been able to really do. And that's something I've learned from you and, and something I've been doing athletically, but, you know, started to apply it to business and I've seen the, the fruits of that labor come to life. And it's no different in the activism space. Um, you know, talking is great and communicating on social media is great. But if you're not checking boxes daily, weekly, monthly, you're not going to see that progression over time. And then you have incidents like the Marquette stuff, um, you know, where there's always going to be this stuff. Hopefully it, it goes away. But in the meantime, right, where we're attempting to move the needle on the activism side and doing the work, we're going to mm-hmm. see the, you know, the culture that exists in our sport, unfortunately, still coming to life. Um, and it's a matter of, you know, I think addressing it, but also, you know, being honest about what are you doing on a consistent basis to move that needle forward. Um, And I, what I really appreciated it was, you know, young man, Jake Richard, who's at, you know, Marquette university. And I'm not familiar with their head coach too much um, in terms of relationship level, but I know Jake, we talked a lot this past summer um, and, you know, kind of what they've been doing and what they were looking to doing there. Um, And they were very quick and swift to take action at the university. Um, And I think that's kind of says a lot about perhaps, where we're moving towards, right? I think it's, you know, one instance where you can say there was something that came up. A lot of people heard about it. It's, it's a big thing. And someone took action as opposed to being swept under the rug, as opposed to being some half-ass answer that was like, ah, you don't, we don't really know here. It's like, well, now you're kind of setting a precedent. And I think that's, that's for the game starts in college. Like as much as we want it to be the professional level, we're going to get there. But like right now, kids are invested in getting into college. Everyone looks to the college coaches to what they're doing and how they're handling business. Um, yep. And now the next university, it's like, well, how are you guys going to handle it? Because Marquette handled it that way. Um, yep. And they kind of set, set a precedent. And so I, I think it was a big step, in my opinion, Yeah. Um, in, yeah. In, that, in that regard. No, man, completely aligned and agree with I, I, I just like to look, I, I like I said, I went to sleep last night early, like I always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I missed whatever happened last night. I woke up this morning uh, with Smith and, and played for a while. And then I want to say you maybe even texted me. Uh, a screenshot. Um, and then like I open Insta and now I'm looking at, um, you know, everything going on and like, shit. Okay. Well, it looks like we got another situation. Uh, but you know, to, to your point, I hit Jake Richard. Um, and just to ask like, what, yeah, what, what's popping, like what's going on here, um, to get like the, the story of what happened and hear what they did. And then I think it's a step. They, they, I want to say he's off the team and like, they yeah. moved. it was like a step, like something happened. They acted quickly. Um, and like, uh, nobody, nobody is under the, the thought process that like this discussion is over. Like we still have work to do. Things are going to continue to happen. But in terms of Marquette's reaction to what happened, like that was a step in the right direction. Yeah. I think moral of the story, um, you know, no matter what, it's just, he's got to keep working. It's just, yeah. keep, it's just, it's just keeps going. It just keeps Plug going. It. Uh, all right, man. I don't want to keep taking up your time. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you coming on here. You've been ducking me. I know you've been ducking the podcast. So yeah, finally been- got your ass on. Come on, come on. Ain't nobody, <laughs> duck- ain't nobody ducking the pod. Ain't nobody ducking the pod. I appreciate you having me, brother. All right, yo. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you, bro. All right. Peace. Peace.
Thank you guys again for tuning into this week's episode of Unbuckled. As always, please make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. You can head over to Instagram and Twitter and follow Kyle Harrison at KyleHarrison18. I appreciate you guys for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys next time on Unbuckled Chinstrap. Mm.